First reading from the sacred text comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 through 15, which can be found on page 172 in the New Testament section of your pew Bible. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter, I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. The next reading comes from Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. That can be found on page 37 in the New Testament section of your pew Bible. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet, and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him, and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She had endured much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. 
While he was speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. That was reading. So we are going to talk about the truth about healing today. And um, uh, I put the, when I submitted the bulletin, I put the pairing and sharing time after the sermon. But as I finished working on things, I thought, well, no, I think it's going to work out better to go first with it. So I want to kind of introduce that, uh, that healing aspect. You know, there's, there's many different experiences of what healing is about. You know, I think about my, um, my Catholic Church uh, experience. And there's two things I immediately remember. One is that, um, you know, if you wanted to become declared official saint, there had to be some healing because, because someone prayed to you. Um, and so that was one idea I had about healing. The other was that in the Catholic Church, at least in the time I was in it, we would have these uh, regular, what they called, reconciliation services. They were a time when you could come and they'd play peaceful music and do some peaceful readings and then there would be priests or others in different corners of the church and you could go and talk about where you needed healing or whatever. And I remember just the whole experience being a peaceful and healing kind of experience. So those are a couple things I remember. And then, of course, we're all aware of healing from those who claim to be healers and some of them get up themselves on TV or they go around the country and you know and it seems to be this dramatic sort of thing the person falls over and all of that sort of thing um, and then we just have our own experience of healing and when it happens and why it happens and, and so in the pairing and sharing time today uh, I'd like you to you know, pick probably one of these two questions that are listed here, which is, if you have a healing story that you know of, either personally or somebody around you who shared one with you before, maybe share a healing story, a physical healing kind of story. I mean, there's other kinds of healings, but I want to focus on the physical kind of healings today. Um, and then secondly, another question to possibly consider is what would a community health care system so you can think community any way you want, within a local community, within a state, within a country, whatever. What would a 
community health care system, something we agreed to do in actual caring for people's physical health, what would it look like if it was consistent with the ways of Jesus that you've learned about in your life? What would that kind of system look like? What critical elements would, have, would it have as part of that kind of a system? Um, so I invite you to find someone to pair with and, and have this conversation for a little bit. Um, and remind you that uh, on Communion Sundays now, um, we're going to also invite you to come up in those pairs for Communion. Um, but if you are one of the ushers who's helping with Communion, um, then we'll, we'll pair your partner up with the other ushers partner, okay, when we get to that point. So, and one other thing I also wanted to say when we get to the Communion time, and that is... While the coming up in pairs is a great thing, I do know that not everyone is always comfortable with coming for communion. But if you're paired up with somebody, I invite you, even whether you're going to partake of communion or not, if you will come with that person and be there as a support to them right, during that time. Right. So, once again, I invite you with these two questions that are listed here in the bulletin to pair up with somebody and take a few minutes and have a little conversation, then we'll talk a little bit more. All right? Have fun. I invite you to finish whatever brilliant thought you have going right now, and then we'll come back together. Let me uh, speak to a few things about uh, about the healing here, um, about physical healing. Um, so, when you look at the the gospel passage we have today, it's an interesting one because it has two healing stories. Um, and the healing stories are, um, you know, starts with one, gets interrupted, another healing comes back to the original one. And I saw in uh, reading, praying, and studying with the scripture this week, I saw some uh, dynamics that relate to healing in these stories. So first of all, the Jairus daughter's story. Um, so Jairus, Jairus was a synagogue leader we hear. That means this is a person who had status and power within the community, especially within the faith community, right? And this person is coming to this Jesus, who really at this point doesn't have the status yet, except for what the crowds give him. Um, and in some way, recognizes, Jairus recognizes that his power um, doesn't give him any capability. He feels helpless in helping his daughter. Right? So I think the first thing that's an element of healing uh, is power. Um, and he, Jairus needed to recognize that in order to open himself up to a healing process for his daughter, um, he had to recognize that his power wasn't going to be helpful here. He needed a power beyond himself. 
And he saw that power coming from Jesus. Alright? And I think that, um, Claire, you were talking about the intercessory prayer. I think one of the dynamics of uh, healing is to understand, um, and I think this is a very kind of UCC way to understand this, is that we are trying to, to understand that we all have mutual power. We all have the power of God that flows through us. And we, we de-emphasize in the UCC this power over, where somebody up there can do something that we can't do, all right? that we can't be equally a part of. So the idea of your intercessory prayer, one of the ideas is if we're praying for the healing of somebody, um, we recognize that we all share some of the power of the focus, of the love that can flow to that person, of the love that can free that person up from whatever might be blocking potential healing. right? And we also recognize in that mutual power dynamic that healing is not a reward or punishment for what somebody did right or wrong. Because I know that goes through all of our heads. You know, if we just pray hard enough, so-and-so will be healed. You know, instead, the person with the same ailment over here who we know isn't even living a good life, how did they get healed and my friend didn't get healed? My friend deserves it. The healing doesn't really work that way. Okay? But we sometimes, when we deal with the power dynamic around healing, but like a faith healer coming in, you have the power to heal me. Um, sometimes we get ourselves caught into healing as being a reward or a punishment, and it's not. But what we do know is when we mutually focus and pay attention to somebody else's need for healing, when we pay attention to what it's going to take to take all the barriers away for potential healing happening, um, then we become part of the healing process. And all of us can do that together. And it's a very dynamic intercessory sort of thing. It's not a, you know, praying to the only one who has the power to do the healing and then hoping that enough of that goes up there that, that the reward happens. So that's the first thing that's happening here in this Jairus' daughter's story is we're dealing with a power dynamic. Um, and Jesus, one of the things that's all through the Gospels, is one of the reasons he's always in trouble is he's changing the understanding of power relationships, of relationships between people and who has power over. And he's calling us into a community where we mutually share it together. So that's one. The second is... Um, the, the woman, 12 years with the hemorrhage. It's, he says, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. So what does this woman do? There's crowds just all around Jesus, right? Everybody's wanting to touch him like a rock star. You know? This woman has a conscious intentionality about touching him because she sees him as someone who can free the healing up in her own life. She's tried everything else. In this day and age, we'd say, you know, she's used every option for 12 years that the insurance company would allow her to use. And nothing's worked, and now they won't authorize anything more. You know? Um, and so, but she is aware, and she has taken ownership 
for her own healing process and has tried all the things she could possibly try. And she's aware that she needs to reach out and touch and try something different. And she sees Jesus as the one who can do that. What's interesting is that Jesus doesn't do anything except recognize that his cloak was touched. And of course his disciples say, well, everybody's touching your cloak. <laughs> but he recognizes that, it's, that something different happened in that moment. And it really wasn't because of him. It was because of who this woman is and her understanding of, of where she was at this point and what was needed. And so the interesting thing to understand about this is we often hear, I think, when we hear the Jesus stories, when Jesus says, your faith has healed you, we, we think, well, so what are the five things I have to believe in order to be healed? No, it's not a set of things that you believe in, which is a way of understanding faith that is, in a lot of ways, inadequate. Um, but faith is, is an understanding that there is dynamics going on in our human lives. There is a power dynamic of God's love that is flowing all around. And we are a part of that. And we are not just... It's not believing certain things or making certain faith statements. This woman isn't just believing certain things and then saying, God, I believe all these things. Heal me. Jesus, heal me. This woman has taken full responsibility for her life. That's what we see. She spent 12 years really trying to get healed. All right? And now she's reaching out in a new dimension for her. Don't know whether she reached out in a spiritual way before, but she's totally aware of what's going on in her life. And she reaches out in a new way, and it opens up new doors of possibility and healing for her. And this is what Jesus is talking about. All right? And it's nothing that Jesus did. Jesus did not heal her. He even acknowledges that. He was just touched. That was all. Relational connection is a piece of healing. Now, after we get through that, we go back to the Jairus daughter story. As Jesus has been headed in the crowd when the, that woman came up to and touched his cloak, he's headed to Jairus' daughter's to the house where she lay with family and friends around her. And word comes before he even gets there that, never mind, it's too late. Now, think about this for a second. Is it not true that when we get really in despair, emotionally distraught, um, maybe it's related to healing, maybe it's related to something else, well, maybe I'm the only one like this, I don't tend to see reality clearly. And I tend to imagine that the worst that I'm thinking has become the reality. Anybody else do that? Anybody else do that? I, mean, I know I do that. You know, you get all in a swirl over it all. So, this dimension of healing has to do with staying connected in this love creation 
to what is really real. Not to the fake news and the swirl and the spinning that's happening, which so often comes from us, but sometimes it will come from people around us. You know? You just have to recognize she's gone. You know? I want, I want your pain to get over with as soon as possible. Stop hoping because you're only going to hurt more. Right? Well, Jesus walks into this room. And notice, he didn't run there like this is a desperate thing. He didn't get caught up in the big emotional swirl. He just stayed centered and connected to what was real. He may or may not have known exactly what he was going to meet when he walked in that room. But he saw through all the panic and he saw that this girl is not dead. Now you may think that he brought her back from the dead. Possible. It's hard to tell. We don't get enough words in some of these stories to play out all the scenarios. I tend to think he walked in and saw life with the fear and the anguish of others around no longer saw it. They saw their fear. They saw the fear this 12-year-old girl was dead. That was their fear. That became their reality. Right? I think Jesus walked in and saw where others saw death, Jesus sees life. Okay? These are all dimensions to healing. Power, faith, reality. And just say one more thing about healing. I know you, I use the word center, how Jesus was centered. If, if we want in our, in our lives to make healing more possible for ourselves or for another, staying in touch with reality means staying in touch with what's really real in this moment. Not all the other stuff that's going on, you know? Um, I, you know, sometimes we do something because we say, you know, last time when I had my chance, I missed it. I'm not going to miss the chance this time. And so everything's motivated by what happened. But being spiritually centered as Jesus modeled for us means taking a breath. Responding to what's real in front of you now. Not all the swirl of stuff from our history. Not all our fears about the future or even our hopes. But just responding in love, here, now, being fully present. Coming back to your intercessory prayer, when we pray for another person, it is much for their healing, especially, it is much less asking God to heal than it is us sitting in the midst of the loving reality of God in our world and totally focusing on this other person who needs our concern. Totally, really focusing on them. I believe there's a healing power that comes from that. I believe it changes the dynamics of the reality of the moment. The more of us that get ourselves centered, see reality clearly, and stay focused on what that concern is. 
something gets unleashed. I think of it as a love force that all of a sudden surrounds that person. And it doesn't make healing happen. It's not a magic wand. But it creates a different dynamic where the healing possibilities can flourish even more than they could have before. That's how that makes sense to me. I think there's a lot of healing that happens that we don't even recognize because we're thinking differently. You know, that happens all around us, all of the time. Now, one thing that I wanted, one reason, I, I almost didn't because it's Communion Sunday and I know we might go long and all of that, um, but one reason, I, even though the Gospel reading was a long reading, that I included the Second Corinthians reading, is that in doing all of these things, it's important to have a balance that takes care of ourselves while we're trying to take care of others. I was totally captivated by this 13th verse um, in Second Corinthians, the 8th chapter. Um, I do not mean, Paul says, that there should be relief for others and pressure on you. You hear that? I don't mean there should be relief of others and pressure on you. But it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need. So that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. Once again, mutuality here. Power dynamics that are mutual. Not feeling, because this is the other thing that happens sometimes when we pray for healing for somebody else, is we feel an over-responsibility about it. And then we get out of the reality of ourselves and the reality of God's presence. And we can sometimes try to do too much. Overthink it, overfeel it, whatever it might be. So I don't mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you. That's another part of the centering process, to get all of those things in perspective and keep some good boundaries so that we can be a healthy person. Because if we're not a healthy person, we can't be part of the healing process for anybody else, can we? Yeah. So, I don't know that I'm very good at all of this, but I believe in physical healing. And I believe it can come about through a spiritual process. But I don't believe in music, magicians. I don't think Jesus did, although we sometimes think he was like a magic healer. And I'm really skeptical of people who go out there and make money off of being faith healers. I'm really skeptical of that. I'm not saying that there is never an authentic thing going on there. Um, but everything I learn in the scriptures and from Jesus makes me really skeptical of that. But is the power of physical healing a possibility in our midst? Yes. It is here. And the more we learn to be those balanced kind of people so that we can be and sit for the concern of another real in that moment, with God's love in us and flowing through us, 
the more we can be part of healing for ourselves and for others. Amen.